Good morning, everyone. All right, so we're talking today about soul ties, and we're going to be talking about how to identify soul ties and break soul ties. Many people don't know that they have soul ties, um, and sometimes you don't know because you're in it. Uh, you've engulfed in it. You've lived in it so many years, and so it's not relevant to you. It's not obvious to you. Until maybe somebody come along and identify it for you. It's like, it's like pride. People who are prideful, they don't really know that they're prideful. Until somebody pointed out. Um, and so before we go in, I just wanted to encourage those that are dreamers. Those that have that Daniel um, Grace and also Joseph Grace to Be able to dream and interpret dreams as well. Um, you know, as a dreamer that you are, the more you dream, the more your your dreams become complex and even cryptic in a way, because it's not that you don't know how to interpret the dream. You do. It's in you. You have the gift. It never leaves you. God, when God gives you a gift, it never does. It never leaves you. Um, the thing is that God wants to mature your your dream realm in the season. Um, many dreamers and interpret in those that are able to interpret dreams, uh, they're they're much quicker to interpret other people's dreams because, and this this is not to sound boastful, but other people's dream realm is not the same as your dream realm. You are more advanced because you have that gift to interpret and dream. Okay, and so when people bring you, your dreams to you, and you interpret them, it. It's good because you're sharpening your gift. But if you're having a hard time interpreting yours, it doesn't mean that your gift is not in work. It's not in motion. It is. It's just that God, he has a way of maturing you in your gift to make you better so that when you um, grow in your gift, you can be able to interpret more difficult difficult things that you encounter. Um, and so I just want to encourage you that when you dream and you don't understand it, it's okay. Just pray over it. You know, let the Holy Spirit lead you and pray over it. Um, if you need to break some things, break it. Whatever you need to do, just let the Holy Spirit lead you in prayer over it. Do not ever dream and just wake up and say, you know what, I don't understand this dream. I'm just going to, you know, put it on the side. No, 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 no. You gotta pray, even if you don't know what to say. Just pray in the Holy Spirit over that dream, okay? And sometimes when you do pray in the Holy Spirit, the Lord will reveal to you what the dream is about, okay? Uh, because there is, you know, interpretation of the of tongues, and that's prophecy in a way. Um, and so when you when you do dream, please pray. Uh, and what you can do after you pray over it is put it on the side, you know, scribe it down. But put it on the side and come back to it after a day or two, okay? But during that day away from it or two away from it, ask the Lord to give you revelation of the dream. Ask him to to help you understand it because during that time you're you're like meditating on that dream. You're you're waiting for answers from the Lord. And sometimes I would say it could be a month that you come back to it. And it's okay because some dreams, because most of the time, dreams that are yours are more difficult to interpret. 
sometimes it's easier. Sometimes you, you wake up, you're like, yeah, I understand what this is about. Sometimes you understand some parts of it, and sometimes some parts you're like, I don't get it. And it's okay. If you have a, a, a senior leader that you're under, uh, you can ask them to help you interpret your dreams uh, if you feel comfortable, if you feel led. But I would say that seek the Lord first. You can also look in the Word of God to find some connection, you know. If you, if you saw a tree, what kind of tree was it? Was it a fig tree? You know, go in the Word of God and look about fig trees, what it means, right? Um, and over time, the Lord will, will, will reveal it to you. When you seek Him, He will He will draw near to you, okay? He will show you what you need to know. Knock and the door will be open, regardless of what it is. Even if it's tiny as a little part of your dream, He will give you clarity because God is a God of clarity, uh, he sends dream for a reason, okay? Um, and so I just want to encourage you in that, that you can seek the Lord. You can take a pause and come back to it, and you will get a fresh revelation that you probably would not have gotten if you kept sitting there looking at the dream and beating yourself up on it. See, the thing is sometimes what the Lord is telling me right now is that sometimes people don't understand their dreams because they're trying to understand it in their own might but the dream just as joseph said dreams it doesn't dream interpretation come from the lord the, the lord who gave it to you is the one that's going to help you understand it but if you take him out of it and try to get a clarity of it or seek other people instead of him first then you are really uh going to be exhausted and stressed and all of that so just chill pray about it chill and let the interpretation come to you okay Sometimes the people around you will tell you the interpretation without you even seeking for interpretation. You, you will be surprised many times. God will bring a situation right in front of you. And that will be the dream interpretation. You'll be like, oh my gosh, I get it now. And sometimes when you finally get the aha moment, that revelation of the dream, you're like, seriously, this was so easier than how you were thinking about it in such an in-depth way. Okay? So go back to the basics. Go back to the basics of prayer first, asking the Lord to lead you in understanding it, going back in the word of God, you know, to try and find understanding of it, and then taking a pause and just saying, Lord, I know that you will give it to me in your timing. You know, Isaiah 43, 19 says that in his timing, he will make it what? He'll make everything happen perfectly, right? And I'm paraphrasing. But in his right time, he would do it. So even in dream realm, God does sometimes test your patience to see if you're patient enough to wait for him. Okay. The fruit of the spirit does is sometimes exercise in your dream realm. You will be surprised. Um, and so I just want to encourage you, keep scribing, keep dreaming what the Lord leads you to dream and keep praying about it. Okay. Um, don't be anxious, just don't be fearful. Just wait on the Lord and be a good cheer. He will give you clarity of it. Love you all. All right, so let's go to worship and prayer. And then we're going to dig into this episode of So Tight. Now, I want to say this. In July, back in July, I prophesied on you on Facebook about drugs being busted. I prophesied about how um, I woke up from a night vision and 
uh, I saw in my night vision, I saw um, literally like drugs being being displayed on TV. People who were, you know, drug traffickers and drug dealers busted. It was so many of them. It was like so vivid too. And so when I woke up, I was like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of drugs that is going to be busted. Oh, wow. And the Lord, he is a God of vindication. He knows how to vindicate people. Even if they found themselves in that situation, he knows how to protect them. And so it's a good thing that these drugs are being busted. Right now, during this month of September and even late August, these um, drugs that have been busted like are coming out. Like I've been, I've been seeing the news on it. I was like, like it, there was a studio that somebody got busted of drugs. And then 25 more people were found out. And even like, um, I found that in, in, I think in Phoenix, Arizona or something like that, drugs were busted out. And also at the coast, at the sea, people found thousands, millions of drugs. Um, well, a million worth of drugs. So... You know, when I when I saw that, I posted it on Facebook. I'm like, hey, let's pray that this will. Of course, I knew it was going to happen. God always shows; He reveals to to basically say, hey, it's this is going to happen. But I was like, let's pray for the protection of the policemen and women because they are putting themselves themselves in danger, right? And so I thank everyone that you know prayed about this. I post more of my prophetic. Um, messages from the Lord on Facebook more than I talk about it here. But I'll start to do it more here as well. But anyway, I was so excited to see all of that like manifesting right in front of me. I'm like, yes, catch them. And I, I know that God is going to lead more people, even Las Vegas. They're going to find people there. Australia, they're going to find people who are, who are you know, smuggling drugs. They're going to bust all of them. And it's a good thing that they're doing that because it's good that, you know, our society, our government is being able to intervene when the bad guy, when the bad guys are out there doing criminal things that are not legal. And so keep praying for the law enforcement. Keep praying for protection. Angelic, I remember I was praying. The Lord was like, pray about it. I was like, Lord, send your angels to intervene when this drug, you know, um, operation is going on, that they're going to find them and nobody's going to have a shootout, you know, people's lives. Those are people's wives and husbands and fathers and mothers, you know, and aunts and friends and all of that. So uh, thank you. If you prayed with me, God is doing a great work in, 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 you know, out there. So um, I am just so happy. Every, t- every time I wake up, I, I'm like seeing the news and on my, on my, um, on my phone about drugs being busted. I'm like, yes. Catch the bad guys. <laughs> and I hope that, you know, the bad guys that are caught when they go to prison, they will find Jesus. They will meet him. They will uh, reverence him. They will find a relationship. Sometimes people, God allows people to, you know, be found out because that is the way that he can meet them. You know, that, that wilderness is where he can meet them. Some people's wilderness is prison. That when they find you, get found out and they go to prison, their lives change for the better. 
because they repent, they find out, they find out about God, you know, they, they, they finally meet Jesus, they finally turn their life around. Some people's life become better because they went to prison, you know. I know a pastor who um, preached a couple years ago. He actually is opening a church this week, uh, this month, in uh, Georgia, in Atlanta, Georgia. And he was a drug dealer. He was a very well-known drug dealer in Texas. He told his story on the pulpit. Um, he was a really well-known drug dealer in Texas, and he was saying that he went to deliver, you know, some packages, and he that's when they caught him. And he went to prison. That's the police going to catch him <laughs> and other people that are doing drugs, uh, dealing drugs. But anyway, basically, a story, you know, the story was that he was massively in drug trafficking, and he got busted. He went to prison. His girlfriend kept coming to visit him, was still by, her, by his side. And he finally came out of prison. He met God in prison. Like his girlfriend was trying to tell him about God, but he didn't want to hear it. And so he finally went to prison and he came out and he became a pastor. He is a well-known pastor and he's opening his church in uh, Atlanta, Georgia this month. And I'm like, that is the redemption stories that we want to see these bad, you know, influenced men and women that are in, you know, um, drug trafficking. You know, when they go to prison, I want them to come out, like, having the desire to own um, businesses that will help orphanages and and, and charity, you know, um, houses and 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 you know help build churches and help help the world in a better way they have they have wisdom those men and women who are in drug tra- drug trafficking they are skilled in administration they are skilled in in business okay but their business in the, is in the wrong place right and they are faithful to their business they know how to be faithful to their business so you know, when they go to the school of prison <laughs> and the school of the Holy Ghost and they come out, they still have their mentality, their skill set that they were using in the wrong, in the industry. And they can utilize that. How, how amazing will it be if some of them came out and they started to build schools for kids, you know, and hospitals and, and even fundraisers and, and do so much great things for the kingdom of God and for the society. Right for the bettering of the society, that is what I want to see. You know, it's sad that many of them are going to prison, but glory to God that when they come out, they're better than how they were in there, right? How they went inside the prison gates. So let's just pray for mental health in the prison gates. Let's pray for God to be with them, to visit them, to to change them, to cultivate their heart and their mind, that the spirit of greed that's on them will lift off, and they will have you know, uh, a zeal for the Lord and, and the bettering of the community and government and the society, right? So, yeah, that's my little um, words that I wanted to release today. Um, and I want to say that God was leading me to pray for Australia, for Haiti, for Zimbabwe. Um, and so keep those those in prayer as well. And I had a vision of 
the face of Snoop Dogg. I don't know why. I just saw his face in a vision. So keep him also in prayer. Um, and then lastly, um, I, I had a vision of Atlanta, Georgia, and I saw a pitcher of water being poured right after that, that dream. I mean, that, that vision. And what God is saying is that he's purifying Atlanta. There's such a spirit of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah in that place. And God is pouring his water, his, his uh, water over it. Uh, he's purifying, he's cleansing that state and the people in it. So keep those uh, people in prayer that they will be able to receive the cleansing of the Lord. That God is doing a mighty work in that state. Um, that his water is being purified, is being poured into that state to cleanse it, to cleanse the people, to cleanse the community, and to the hearts of the people that are hardened. That it will be a heart that is soft uh, for the Lord to minister to. Yeah. And the spirit of pride will lift off of that state. Um, yeah. The grace will, will abound in that state, in the, in the surrounding state as well. All right, so let's go into prayer and let's go first. Let's go into worship and then we'll go into prayer.
at all. Father, I thank you for your grace, your mercy. I thank you for your kindness. I thank you for your everlasting love, your patience with us, Lord. I thank you for supplying all our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I thank you for being a father that never sleeps nor slumber. I thank you for being a God that is, is all-consuming. I thank you for being the one that sits high and looks low. I thank you that, Lord, your eyes go throughout the nations, Father. I thank you that, that your eyes are like fire. I thank you, Father, for always being the one that shields us from every sneer of the Father. I thank you for your angelic hosts that protect us. In, even in this season. God of warfare, I thank you, Father, for your kingdom that never ceases, that, that will never be overthrown. I thank you for having us as your children that we can come boldly to the to the throne of grace, Father, with, with your mercy upon us, with your power upon us, with your love and your honor upon us. So, God, we humbly submit ourselves to you in this moment that, Lord, your, your mouthpieces will go forth, God, your words will go forth, Lord, that the things that you want to say will, will be more magnified than the assignment of hell. I thank you, Lord, you are so wonderful that you have woken each and every one of us today and given us in you and fresh start today so i pray for those that the one that is taking for granted the day that you've given uh, you, you've given her father i even pray that lord she will have a renewed mindset i pray for a renewed mindset in her mind that she will see this day as as the lord has made that she will rejoice and be glad in it let the uh, garment of of sorrow and worry and anxiety be, be removed now as according to isaiah 61 the lord she will put on the garment of praise in in the name of Jesus, let the garment of praise be put on. I command the fire of God upon her right now, from her head to her toes, that she will have joy again. Praise will be upon her mouth again. Let the fire of God burn down everything, every spiritual entity that is in her atmosphere. I thank you, the Lord. You are a God that never sleeps nor slumber. I thank you for your grace upon your people, even those that are not in, in love with you. I thank you, the Lord. You are married to the backslider. You are married to the, those that don't know you. Father, I thank you, the Lord. You are going back into the places of your heart and doing the surgery to command their, back, their backsliding ways to be Remove out of that path that you've set before them, that they are coming back to the throne of grace. Yes, indeed, the prodigal sons are coming back to you, Adonai. They are coming back with their hands open and their hearts open to you. Their hearts in their hands and saying, Oh, Father, I have sinned against you, God, and I want you to do the surgery upon my heart. And the blood of Jesus will be poured upon your heart and revive it again. We thank you for your son. That is the one that we have, we look to our salvation come from him. And so, Lord, we bless your holy name. And we thank you for this moment of soul tie, learning about soul tie. That God, after this, this teachings, Father, that people's souls will be restored. Yes, people's souls will be refreshed in the name of Jesus. That the blood, the blood of Jesus will rejuvenate, 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 rejuvenate them again. Let there be 
a, a divine encounter. Let there be a shock in the realm of the spirit that will awaken them again. Even the idol worshiping will be will be put to asunder. They will lay down to the floor and say, "You are the one that I look to, God Almighty. You are my all in all." I think you know that Jehovah Rapha, the healer, is in the room. That He will heal the heart, the souls of men and the minds of men and the heart of men. That they will be able to go back on their pathway that you have set before them again. And they will not look back to the things that you have already taken out of their lives. And God, you are so good and so kind that, Lord, when you do take something out of our lives that we had in the past, you know how to bring it back. You know how to restore it back into our lives. If you did it before, you will do it again. So I pray for those that are, are yearning for, for past things that, God, in your time and in your timing, the things that you want for us will meet us on that road that you have set before us. So I pray even now, and I yield my body, my mind, my spirit, my soul to you, that your plans will go forth, God. Your will will be done. Holy Spirit, I welcome you here. Have your way in this room. Let your, uh, let your anointing rush into the hearts and the minds of your people. Let revelation pour in this place. In the name of Jesus, I bind and dismantle every assignment of the enemy. Every, every distraction of the enemy. I bind it now. Every demonic distraction, I command it to break now. In Jesus' name, let a wall of fire be upon, upon here and upon those that are listening in this moment. I thank you, the Lord. You are covering even the person that is driving right now, that is listening. I thank you for shooting them from every snare of the enemy every accident accident that is is sent against them i think it the lord you are covering them even now i pray and i combat every accident in the name of jesus i pray for your covering let the angels of the lord encamp over them in the name of jesus we destroy the assignment of the enemy the arsenal of the enemy in the name of jesus i thank you for your angels that are even here god i praise your holy name and it's in the name of jesus we do pray amen
cloud by day, fire by night. You gave us your name to be our guide. You are Yahweh. You are Yahweh. You're in the inhale, Yahweh. You're in the exhale, Yahweh. Hey, you're in the inhale, Yahweh. You're in the exhale, Yahweh. Every time we breathe, we say your name. Every time we breathe, we mention your name. Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. talked about what God wanted to talk about concerning um, overcoming evil with good. Be the bigger person, okay? Be, be the bigger person. Be the one that Christ can use. Shine your light in that place. Amen? Alright, I want us to read um, Psalms 103.10. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. That's the verse of the day today, that God does not treat us as our sins deserve because he knows how to um, forgive us when, when we repent our repent of our sins. He knows how to give us mercy um, and he does not repay us according to our issues that or our iniquities. So um, with the soul ties, whatever it is, that the sinful things that you've done to cause the soul tie to happen, I want you to know that God will not treat you according to how your sin, he will not treat us or he will not treat you based on your sins, what, what you deserve, what you deserve concerning your sinful ways. And he will not repay you according to your iniquity. Because many times people who are in soul ties, they don't really know how they got in there. They, they, well, they don't know how they got in there, but they, they, they know that they sinned, that they did, they did something sinful that opened the door for that so tight to come in. And sometimes people don't know that it's a sin until later on, especially those that don't know about God, that, that don't know about the word of God. You know, even for me, um, years ago, you know, before I became a diligent Christian in the word of God, um, in such a way that now I am 
aware of the, the, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Um, I didn't know a, a lot of things in the Word of God that I know now. That is a sin. It's, it's actually a sin not to pray. I didn't know that before, right? Uh, so when I, I didn't have a, prayer, a good prayer life or a consistent prayer life, I didn't know I was sinning. But when God opened my eyes to see it, I knew that it was a sin. So sometimes God will overlook it, uh, especially when it's the, there are seasons in, in the walk of God. There is a wooing, woo, the wooing season. You know, those um, new Christians, they're like, oh my gosh, God is so amazing. Oh my gosh, I'm so in love. I never knew about Jesus. That's the wooing season where God is like, not harsh on them he's not you know he lets things slide because he knows that they're babes in christ he knows that they don't know the word from genesis to revelation he knows that they don't even know about the gift of the spirit and even the fruit of the spirit i didn't even know that many years ago when i was you know a babe in christ right so he lets certain things you know go because he knows that they don't know that it's a sin right but over time when you get the the meat of the word when you move from milk to meat well, then you know what's right and what's not right. And so uh, he knows how to chastise you when you are in sin, right? So if you're somebody who's dealing with soul tie and you're like, oh my gosh, I did how, how I got into soul tie uh, was because I, I committed a sin. You know, I had sex with, with the opposite sex. You know, I had a sexual encounters. And I didn't know that, um, you know, sleeping outside of marriage is a sin. Or I didn't know that, you know, um, sleep, uh, having sex before marriage is a sin. There are some people that never, they don't know that. They think that because they don't know the word of God. So they don't know that, you know, um, fornication and sex before marriage is a sin, right? Um, but now that you know, you can do better. But then because, just because you know now that's, that sex before sin, before uh, marriage is a sin, it doesn't mean that the soul tie is broken. The soul tie is still there, right? So today I'm, I want to teach you. I want to first teach you what soul ties are. I want to tell you about what what the soul is, okay? And I want to tell. I want to teach you more in depth biblically what what soul ties are, okay? They are healthy um, way to have a soul. And then they are a, a unhealthy way to have a soul, okay? And then I'm going to go into how to overcome soul tie, how to break it, okay? We're going we, to dig really in depth into the Word of God because that is where deliverance is, okay? So what is a soul? A soul is your mind, thinking, your thoughts, your thought realm, okay? Your will, decisions that you make. Your will is the, the decisions, the choices that you, you make every day, okay? Your emotions is part of your soul. How you feel, okay? Your feelings. Uh, imagination, okay? Your, your, your daydreaming or your dream realm, okay? Um, that's why some people have soulish dreams, right? I'm not going to go into dream teaching, but that's how people have fleshly dreams, like how if a woman likes a guy, he's like, oh my gosh, he's so fine. And all of a sudden you're dreaming about him. You're like, oh my gosh, I, I saw him in my dream and we were going on a date. Uh, and he was telling me he loves me. 
well your imagination can crept into your dream realm and so you have soulish dream that you think oh i feel like the lord is telling me he's my husband wait 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 a minute have you been imagining him and you together that causes your 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 dream room to have a soulish dream or is this god actually speaking to you okay so you have to be able to distinguish those two okay also your soul is affection how you relate okay your affections uh, your body, your your first spirit first, okay. So your first spirit, and then your soul, and then your your body, okay. So the the Bible says in in Luke. Let's look at the book of Luke. Luke ten, uh, twenty six to twenty seven. We're gonna look at where what God thinks about the soul, okay. It says here. Yes, Lord, I will do that. Okay. It says here. He said to him. What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul. It didn't say with all of your spirit. It didn't say with all of your body. He said what? With all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all, your, all of your strength with all of your mind and your neighbor as yourself that is the key principle of being a christian god highlights soul because god himself he has a soul let's look at uh the word of god where god talks about his soul let's look at leviticus 26 11. It says, and I will set my tabernacle up among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. Leviticus 26, 30. And I will destroy your high places, and cut down your Im images, and cast your carcasses upon the carcasses of your idols, and my soul shall abhor you. Isaiah 42, 1. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect in whom my soul delighted i have put my spirit upon him he shall bring forth judgment to the gentiles zechariah eleven eight. Three shepherds also i cut off in one month and my soul lured them and their soul also abhorred me matthew twelve eighteen. Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he shall sue judgment to the Gentiles. Basically, he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. Hebrews 10, 38. Now the just shall live by faith. I love that verse. Now, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. My soul. The Lord talks about his soul a lot. We see here that he talks about how he has a soul and how his soul abhors, how his soul takes pleasure. Okay. And sometimes his soul doesn't take pleasure in certain things, especially when people are doing wrong. When he has talked, he's told them not to do wrong. So we see that God references his soul. And so it's not a 
happenstance that he talks about the fact that you shall love the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your heart, well, with all your heart first, and then with all your soul. Because he knows about the soul. So I want to ask you, do you know the soul of God? Do you know how to recognize the soul of God? We see here how he talks about how, you know, it says here, now, now the just, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, his soul shall have no pleasure in him. If any man draw back, what does it mean? If you backslide, the presence of God will not have pleasure with you. When the presence of God lifts off of you, I believe that you can discern. Oh, you can discern at that time that you don't really sense the Lord. I believe that wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, His soul is there as well. We know that God is Spirit, right? And it says, God is Spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him, worship him in what? In Spirit and in truth. Wherever God is, his whole entirety is. His whole deity, his whole being is there. His whole presence is there. When he's at a certain place, he's there completely. He doesn't just show up halfway. God is not a halfway person. He's there completely. Okay, that's why he's omnipotent and omnipresent. He can... He can be anywhere at, at the same time. So when you encounter the Lord, you encounter the fullness of who he is. And that's what God is trying to say here, that when we encounter him, we, we get to know him. There are levels in knowing God. There are, there are levels that, that you will encounter the Lord that you'll be like, oh my, I didn't know that I could... Find out who God is on this level. There are, there are different levels in worship that you will meet the Lord in ways that you have not before. Because when you are able to let go of your own humane thinking and your own way of doing things, um, and you allow the Lord to rest himself on you, you will be able to experience the whole being of who he is. I want to read a place in the word of God where the soul of God was grieved. I want to find it and read it to you. And then we're going to go into signs of having a soul tie. I want you to be able to identify that you do have a soul tie. Because God knows how to unveil, to heal. All right, let's look at Judges um, 15. This is where Israel oppressed. Israel was oppressed. We, we all know the book of Judges. I already talked about Jephthah, um, the teaching. I had a, a whole teaching about Jephthah. And he was one of the judges in the book of Judges. We know about Deborah as well. but And, and also Gideon as well. Okay? And even Samson. But uh, in this part of uh, Judges 10... Israel was oppressed, and this is what the Lord said. And it says here, Judges ten fifteen. And the children of Israel said to the Lord, We have sinned. Do to us whatever seems best to you. Only deliver us this day, we pray. So they put away the foreign gods from among them and served the Lord. 
and his soul could no longer endure the misery of Israel. God has a soul. He knows how to feel for his children. Hence, why he wanted to take the Israelites out of the hand of uh, the Egyptians, right? Out of the hand of Pharaoh. Why? Because he know he feels. He knows how to feel for us. Okay, it says, it says what? And his soul could no longer endure the misery. So whenever you're going through misery, God feels it too. When you're crying, he knows it because he feels it. He feel our hurt. He feel our pain. That's why the Bible says that he collects our tears. It's in the bottle. It's in his bottle. Because he knows how to grieve. He knows how to, 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 to have misery. Because you've seen his child on the cross. It hurts to see your child on the cross. And that's why he was showing his friend Abraham. About how your soul is grieved when you do have to sacrifice something that you love. It says, Psalms 56, 8. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Okay. So the Lord knows how to feel. We see that in Judges. So now I want us to go into how to identify that you have so tied. So tied is mental and emotional. Okay? It's soulish. It's not spirit. It's soulish attachment to a person, a place, or a thing. We see that with Rachel and the idols that she she took in Genesis 31, 14 to 16. And I'll, I'll touch on that um, later on. And we see that with Job's wife. She was attached to the place. Lot looked forward, but she... I mean, Lot's wife, excuse me. Lot looked forward, but she... Um, looked backwards and also even with job's wife right job job job's wife was soulish as well so right now i want you to have a pen and a paper with you because during this part of this teaching you're going to identify the places in your life personally that there's so ties some of you already know you already know already that you have so ties because of the things that you're doing that is um, showing you that you do have a soul tie. Some of you, you don't know it. But as we are talking, the Holy Spirit will, will bring it into your remembrance. He's going he's gonna to unveil it to you. He's going to point it out to you. Because I want you to heal. Okay? I want you to get deliverance. So that you can move forward. Alright? Unhealthy soul ties brings bondage. It brings bondage. That's why I want you to be free. What I see, even in the spirit, is many of you are, are walking, but you can't move forward because you're carrying bags and bags and bags of things that you've carried from places, from people, from things. But healthy soul tie brings growth. 
and healthy sotai, healthy soul, I wouldn't say healthy sotai, but I would say healthy soul brings growth. Your healthy soul is tied to the Lord. Because the Bible says, the Bible says that what? Love the Lord with all of your heart, your soul. So that means that your soul should not be in, in tune with somebody else's soul. That means that you are to have your whole your whole soul is to be given to some it is it, to be given to the Lord. And your whole heart is to be is to be given to the Lord. Yes, your heart loves your spouse. Yes, your love your heart loves, you know, uh your children and all of that. There are levels in love. Okay. But if your love over is more than your love for God, then it's adultery. That's how God means that you have to love him with all of your heart and all of your soul. Sexual soul ties is something that you have outside of God's plan. Any sexual soul tie, like any sexual sin, sexual sin like, you know, fornication, even masturbation, um, uh, sleeping with the opposite sex, sleeping with the same sex, sleeping with animals. That is all outside of God's plan. If you're sleeping with, with you know, the opposite sex outside of marriage, meaning that you guys are not married, you, you, you guys are not, have not committed each other as husband and wife, anything you can't have that you make an idol can open a door to soul ties. Your soul belongs to God, not another person or another place or a thing. That's why people enter into adultery. Because they are, it's like they have to have that thing or that person or that place or your life is not going to be better. But God knows how to sustain you Without you having all those things that you think you need. That's adultery. You're like, oh, I need that. No, what you need, God will give it to you. Okay? What you need, God knows how to give you exactly everything that you need in the right moment. And there are people who have married the wrong people because of soul time. Because they're like, oh my gosh, I need that person in my life. If I don't have that person in my life, my life is not going to be complete. My life, not, my life is not going to be better. Well, guess what? You are putting that person in a place that you're not supposed to be put in the first place because there's a soul tie there. You have seen that person in a different way that God intended for you to see that person. I want us to read First um, Corinthians 6, 12 to 15. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Food for the stomach and the stomach for foods. Foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods. But God will destroy both it and them. So whatever it is that you're putting in the place and saying, Oh my gosh, this thing, this place, this person... I need it in my life. If I don't have it in my life, my life is not complete. My life is not better. 
I'm not talking about marriage because marriage, God orchestrate marriage. He knows how to bring the right, the right two people, the man and the woman together to, to help, to be a help me. And I'm going to go into marriage about what marriage really is when it comes to the soul, because people have misinterpreted soul and marriage. God knows how to destroy what you have a soul tie with. Okay. He knows how to he knows how to destroy what you make it an idol because so tight is idol is idol worship. It says now the body is not for sexual immorality but for the Lord the Lord for the body, and God both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us up by His power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them harlot uh, make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. So whenever you you have a soul tie, you're making your member to a place that is not the Lord. Because your, your soul is supposed to be completely for the Lord. Okay? Your soul belongs to the Lord. I want us to go into the marriage part. But the Bible says that two shall become one flesh. The Bible does not say that two shall become one soul. Let's look at Genesis 20, Genesis 2.24. Genesis 2.24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. One flesh. Not one soul. One flesh. Physically, they will become one. When they have sex, they will become physically in tune as one. So when people become one flesh, they are not combining their souls because their soul is already belongs to the Lord. Their heart is already belongs to the Lord. That's why it's important before you get married, before you have sexual encounters with somebody, before you, 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 you have relationships, okay? You are already complete with the Lord. Your, your heart is already complete in the Lord. Every person that gets married, you're already a complete whole. Nobody is a half whole, is a half person. Marriage does not complete you. Marriage joins you for growth. Marriage does not complete you. People who says, oh, I'm not complete without my future husband as a wife or a future wife as a husband... Or, you know, as a future, you know, husband. You are not complete in your soul. You are not complete in your heart. That's why you're saying that. God completes you. That's why people have issues in their marriage. Because you're trying to put their spouse in a place that only God can feel. That's why he says that what? Love the Lord, your God, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. Because he knows that. The person that you marry cannot fulfill the things that only he can fulfill. That's why Adam could not wake up until it was time for him to wake up. Eve could have woken him up. Eve was with God. Adam was with, with the Lord before Eve came about. Eve, could have, Eve had to wait for Adam to heal and wake up by himself and be complete. And come to her and say, you are the bone of my bone, the flesh of my flesh. Adam didn't say, you are the soul of my soul. 
He said, what? You are the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh. He didn't say, you, uh, Eve, you are, the, you, you are the, the, the soul of my soul. No, he knew that his soul already belonged to the Lord. He knew that his heart already belonged to the Lord. That's why when, a, when your spouse tells you to do something that's wrong, because your heart belongs to the Lord, because your soul belongs to the Lord, you don't go along with it. Lot didn't go along with his wife. When she looked back, he kept moving forward. Job didn't go along with his wife. What, he, what his wife said, curse God and die. Because his soul, his heart belongs to the Lord. Even with all the things that he was going through, he still knew that all of him belonged to God. He still knew that his relationship with God is not tainted. So when your soul is tied to somebody because so tie, people who look at so tie, so tie is not celebrated. It's not something that's celebrated because it, it has bondages to it. But when your soul is tied to the Lord, is one with God, as God is one with you, and you say what you hear him say, and you do what you, you hear him do, you don't have room to be influenced by something else. People who are in relationship that have a soul tie, a bondage to it, they do what the person that has a soul tie with them tell them to do and neglect what God wants them to do. Because there's a soul tie that God never intended for it to be there. Okay. So when a man and a woman gets married before the Lord, they are combining their flesh, not their souls. Their souls already belong to the Lord. A person does not find their better half when they marry because we are, as humans, we're not halves. We are completely whole. When we, when we become one with God, okay, we become whole. Finding a marriage partner is not being, it is not what makes you complete. Finding your relationship with God, your, your, your kinsman redeemer, who is Jesus Christ, that is what makes you complete. If a person knows Christ, then they are already complete. It says in Colossians 2.10. Let's look at that. That's why when people get divorced, they don't know how to live after that. Because they think that their soul belongs to their spouse. Of course, God hates divorce. You are able to live before the person came. So, why can you live after the person leaves? Even if, even if you guys didn't get divorced, but the person died. What people are mistaken is so, but no, it's actually love. The love that you have for the person, it's not the soul that you're joined to the person. Your physical body is joined to the person. All right, so Colossians 2.10. And you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. I want us to look uh, deeper into it. So Colossians 2.10, I would say, let's read from Colossians 
to 10. It says, For in him dwells all the fullness of Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. Okay? It's talking about not philosophy, but Christ. This is talking about, you know, Christ. It says here, uh, Colossians 2, 6, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk, walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Okay? So you're already in Christ. When you are in Christ, you are a new crea creation. The old has passed away. You have become a new person, a new soul, a new you, a new complete you. Okay? Your soul, your mind, your heart is in Christ together. That's what, that's what the Bible says that um, let this mind be in, in you, which was also what? In Christ Jesus. Okay? So there is no soul ties. That is God, how do I put this? Soul ties are a form of bondage. Soul ties that is outside of God is a form of bondage, okay? The Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 4. Let's look at that. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. It didn't say the wife does not have authority over her own soul. No, it says her own body. So when the two become one flesh, their bodies don't belong to them anymore. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. The Bible, the Lord didn't say that the husband doesn't have authority over you know, his own soul. And the wife doesn't have an authority over her own soul. No, it says body. Body. And it says also that, you know, it says, do not deprive one another except when consent for a time that you may give yourself to yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again, meaning that have, have sexual encounter again so that, Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Okay? So, sex binds couples together. It's that sexual encounter in the physical realm. Okay? In the physical. The love happens in the spirit. They have love for each other. Okay? And in the mind. But your soul belongs to the Lord. There are different levels of love. We have different levels of love for God. We have different levels of love. You know, the agape. God has different, you know, agape, agape love for us. There is a sexual love, you know. I think they call it eros or something like that. But... There are different love, love for friendship, love for, um, for uh, family, love for children, love for your husband or your wife. But love is not supposed to be a soul tie. Love is not supposed to 
how, give you bondage to somebody. It's supposed to be love. love. Love is supposed to be pure. Okay? So, the people that says, you know, um, they have a soul tie. 90% of the time, it is bondage. It's something that needs to be broken. Your spirit has a soul lining in your body. Let's look at Genesis 2, 7. Genesis 2, 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Okay? Let's look at James 1, 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and, and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. So where, what is supposed to be in, inside of you? You're receiving meekness, humility, the implanted word of God within you that saves your soul. Okay. Uh, Mark 8. 36. For what will it profit a man if he gains the world and loses his soul? Because your soul does not belong in the world. Your soul belongs with God. Your soul belongs to the, the will of God, of God, the, the, the relationship that you have with the Lord. Okay? Your soul is where it, 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 it should be a place that the Lord should have authority over. Because you getting the world can influence your soul. The negative things can influence your soul. That's why soul ties happen. Because what you did outside of God's plan, what you did outside of God's plan, caused you to lose your soul. Uh, third John 1 to 2, one two third John 1 to 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. Some translations say be in good health, just as your soul prospers. Because God does want our soul to prosper, right? He does. He wants our soul to be able to prosper and grow and mature. But only in him that our soul is. It's about in meekness, in the implanted word. Okay, uh, so now you understand where marriage and the soul and sexual relationship, what God is saying it means. I want us to, before we end this part of the marriage and all of that, I want us to read principles of marriage. Okay, principles of marriage. And then we'll take a break. And then we'll come back and I'm going to lay out the signs that you have a soul tie. You want to hear this? Because some people are in soul ties. They don't know that they are. You can have a soul tie to a thing. Some people have soul tie to necklaces. Okay. All right. So it says here, principles of marriage. 1 Corinthians 7, 1 to 11. It says, now concerning the things of which you wrote to me. It is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife. Okay? 
But let each woman have her own husband. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due to her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Because in marriage, sex is okay. Sex is, you know, it says that the, the marriage bed is undefiled. Four, the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except with consent for time that you may come back together after fasting and prayer, uh, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. But I say this as a concession, not as a commandment. So both of them have to agree. Both husband and wife have to agree on this. For I wish that all men were even as I am, but each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. All right, so this is part one. Please tune in into part two, and then we can dig into part two. Basically, it's going to talk about how to see the signs of SOTI, how to identify it. Uh, that you have a soul tie, okay? Um, I'm going to talk about what people do when they do have a soul tie so that you are able to know if you do have one or if somebody has one, that you can help them come out of that. This teaching was basically understanding the soul and also uh, understanding what soul tie is about. So thank you for listening to Devoted with Bernice today. I hope that you are blessed. Please take time to go back in the Word of God. Everything that I said, go back in there, reread it. Let God give you revelation. There might be things that I left out. Um, just let the Lord give you more insight, okay? Um, and if the things that I said that might not have made sense to you, I just pray that the Holy Spirit will bring it clarity and revelation to you. Remember, your soul belongs to God. It does not belong to anybody else. God allows us to give our bodies to one another. But our soul, our spirit, is His. He dwells in our spirit, man. We are to love Him with all of our what? Our heart, our soul, our strength, and with all of our mind. Our soul belongs to God. <laughs>